Hi again, everyone. Welcome to Radio MVP, episode number 68 of the Sports Podcast. I'm Tim, along with Anthony, and uh, a lot to get to, actually, today. It's been a couple weeks, but that seems to be our norm lately, so I'm not going to apologize for it. It is what it is. And uh, what a what a time period in between. Uh, Liverpool, the Reds. <laughs> yeah, how about that? A 2-0 win over Tottenham. They are the champions of Europe. And uh, jumped on that bandwagon at the right time. Didn't I give myself a pat yeah, on the back did. for that? You know what? You can give yourselves all the pat on the back you want because before the season even began, you were there and you were watching at a bar on a Saturday morning. So you know what? You, sir, can have your moment in the sun today as it just peaked out right now for the first time all day, it seems like. Yeah, you'll never be alone. That's all I got to say. You'll never be alone. Yes. And that, that is their theme song. That is their uh, tradition. And uh, – what a, what a way to go. You'll never walk alone, actually. That's right, yeah. I said never be alone. You'll never walk alone. See, oh, I'm thing. still learning. Hey, what the hell? Someone out there is laughing same at thing. me already, but what? I don't really care. <laughs> like, that's never happened before. Same thing. Uh, nothing important there. All right. <laughs> <Nothing> <laughs> important. I don't know. My phone chimed, so I had to check it out. So. Uh, anyways. But, yes, uh, the – the uh, the Reds, uh, what a uh, what a fun time! I, I actually got to watch part of that game throughout the uh, the morning, or actually the afternoon that day. Yeah, uh, last Saturday and uh, a great time, and uh, got to see the parade. What a tradition they have in um, Liverpool there, and I and I imagine they do it for all the sports sporting yeah. events in in Europe and especially in in the UK. But they uh, they meet them at the the airport. They put them in an open air double bus, and uh, they paint the bus red. Really? Uh, yeah. And they had That's champions cool. of Europe written on it, and the six times, and the, and the trophy emblem on it. And they bring the the team back to uh, Liverpool in the bus, and it's just lined with thousands and thousands of supporters, all wearing red and uh, cheering and singing, and uh, it is. You know, it reminded me very much of when the Cavaliers won yep. the championship, you know, a few years back and what, seeing the wine and gold and all mm-hmm. the cheering and the celebration of the parade uh, that happened in downtown Cleveland. It reminded me of that very much. And uh, it was fun to watch. I, I watched part of that. And then uh, I don't know their names. I should, but I don't. I listened yeah. to them throughout the year on, their, on the streams and they did the play-by-play. And the in uh, the analyst, and uh, I tell you what, not that I'm a soccer guy or a football guy, yeah. you know, but uh, fun guys, fun guys to listen to. I'm not sure they're the best in the world. They're the greatest homers in the world. <laughs> the uh, they homers. are. Oh, and they're they they're meant to be. They're supposed to be. That's their job. Oh yeah, exactly. And uh, uh, they were just absolutely losing their mind during the. Uh, during the game, and more than that, they, they lost their mind during the parade or the uh, the return home to uh, Liverpool, and it was just it was phenomenal to watch. It, it was really exciting, and I'm happy for those who are longtime fans of uh, Liverpool. And uh, I'll tell you what, that is a budding juggernaut in, in the world of uh, soccer uh, in Europe. And uh, hopefully, I'm not saying I'm going to, but uh, – I, I I may try to take that trip over to uh, South Bend this uh, come. Uh, yeah, they're coming in July, uh, is it right? Yeah, yeah. I July, heard nosebleeds yeah. tickets are ninety bucks, and it goes up to about five hundred. So uh, it's not going to be cheap, but uh, eh, just get me in the building. And, and nosebleeds aren't really nosebleeds there. That's a pretty. See, I've never been actually in the stadium. I've walked by it. Yeah, that was thirty years ago before they did the upgrades. Yeah, nosebleeds aren't really nosebleeds there. It's not like the shoe. It's not like you're. You know, steep way up. It's, I mean, it, I'll have to show you some pictures sometimes, but it's not. I there's really you'd rather be there than down deep in the bowl, in, in the corner. Right. You really can't see anything. Yeah. So. I imagine, you know, uh, I haven't looked at the uh, chart, but I imagine it's uh, what I would call end zone view or something like that. Or so, yeah, basically, probably right where we had our student tickets at. You'll be yeah. Which, I mean, really good seats. You can, okay. It may happen. 
I'm open to that possibility. God's country is calling you, my friend. Yes, yes. God's you know, it's been, it's been a while calling. since I've made the pilgrimage over to uh, South Bend. God's country is calling you. <laughs> <laughs> it's been a lot of fun, and uh, I look forward to it. It's been, I think it's going to be a fun summer. A lot going on uh, for everybody. Uh, unfortunately, not fun for the Cleveland Indians, as they lost their third starting pitcher this week. Uh, just today, uh, Carl yeah. Carrasco hits the IL with the uh, with the blood disorder. Uh, that's all we know. We don't know the exact rounds of it. It's starting to make sense when you look at his starts yeah. for the last month. Yeah. Uh, the velocity was a little bit down, and the accuracy wasn't there. And, uh, you know, it just didn't look like the same pitcher he did start the season or the end last season. And, uh, you know, the injury bugs have just come and haunt the Cleveland Indians this year in the, in the starting Again. rotation. And what can you do? Yeah. Uh, here's the thing I like about it. I don't want to cut you off too quick, but we're seeing the depth of the organizational. Exactly. Exactly. And exactly. Yeah, it, it's young and it's exciting. And you can see why the Indians were willing to make the changes they did this year coming into the season and why they were shopping certain pitchers because of the depth of some young guys that they truly believe have ability to uh, pitch at the major league level and be very successful at it. And, you know, uh, just to name one guy, uh, Plezak is probably, you know, no one's seen him on the radar last year and look what he's done this year. And, you know, last year you and I were talking about Tristan McKenzie all the time and, you know, he still hasn't made his, his by the way, he's still there. Yeah. Yeah. And he's still in the pipeline is my whole point. So I'm, we're in a transitional year. I mean, we're still in it, in the wild card and that. And let's face it, they just – they need a bat. They need yeah. a stick. They need a stick. They need a stick. And I don't know if they'll get it. Maybe they'll trade Bauer. Maybe they won't. Um, but we'll see. I mean, hopefully they'll go out and make a move to find a player. I do think there's a trading partner for an outfielder right now on mm-hmm. the Indians. I think Philadelphia is going to be in the market for a center fielder, and we have plenty of that. I agree with that. We'll see where it it is going. We'll talk more about that in a second. Let me hand it over to you and just let you uh, talk a little bit. Yeah, it's good to be back. You know, I think, you know, like you said, there's no reason to apologize right now. That's what – that is our schedule right now. Um, But in a few short weeks here, we'll be together every week for football season, which should make it a whole lot easier. Um, but you, you know, like you said, the, uh, the injuries continue to snake bite us. Um, it seems like every year since 2016, the Indians have had their share of injuries. Unfortunately this year, it, it does not look like we have enough to, you know, work our way through that. Now, look, even if we were fully healthy this year, Minnesota's just, it, like you said, off the air. It, it's just three years. They're hitting the ball. They're, you know, Odorizzi and Perez and Gibson. You know, they're having career years above their norm. And it's just it, it, it's just that kind of year. Um, you know, first of all, let's hope Cookie can get back just healthy. Let's not, you know, this isn't about baseball right now. I know they said that when he's comfortable and when they get more information – um, he'll speak to the media. So let's first and foremost get him back healthy. Um, and then we can talk about and think about baseball with him later on down the road after this is hopefully passed. Um, you know, uh, Philadelphia is going to be looking for an outfielder. They've now lost Herrera, who I think the legal system is going to have to play way out, but he's in a lot of trouble. My cousin, you hate to see that. Yeah. Um, it, you really hate seeing Andrew McCutcheon go down. But they trade for Jay Bruce, and he has four home runs in three games. So, But you're right. I think, um, you know, they have some outfield partners. And I know a lot of people are – and I don't mean to cut you off. I know a lot of people are, you know, they're, you know, they're exasperated or how do you pronounce that word? I always mispronounce that word. You know, they're, they're, they're mad and they're upset with, well, we're 11 games out in it. And you know what? We are. And, and that's where we are right now. But I'm, 
I'm tired of people looking at the standings. Look, you hit it right on the head, Tim. This is a transitional year. And like you said, we have the opportunity now to see the police acts, to see the Rodriguez's, to see Shane Bieber take another step in becoming a top line rotation guy. You know, Adam Plutko is going to be counted on now without Cookie. Oh, and by the way, Tristan McKenzie hasn't even made his debut yet for the Indians. Oscar Mercado has been phenomenal in the outfield. I thought he's been nice. Daniel Johnson's going to be called up soon. You know, there are guys that we've called up that have they made a nice impact, and you still get the consistent Frankie Lindor and Carlos Santana, which, by the way, if you, can, if you go back and listen to our March podcast when I was in spring training, we both said Santana will hit 150, 160, maybe 200 until June. We, we have egg in our face. But, you know, it's a, tra- it's a transitional year. Um, and I was thinking about all week going in how, you know, a lot of people are like, oh, you should rip them. You should go off on them. You sh-. And no, no, because now we can finally watch the games to see the young kids. Look, we're going to make boneheaded stupid plays, and we made it tonight. But you know what? You can live and you learn with those growing pains because we did it with our current crop when they were young. And look what they turned into. And I'm not of the belief that we got to blow everything up because I, if Minnesota comes out next year and is 41 and 19, look, then you can start the rebuild. But I'm not of the belief of, oh, you got to tear it down and blow everything up. Like you said, I do think we can trade Trevor Bauer and still be okay next year. Um, you know, well, uh, let me let me stop you here for yeah. a second and and talk about what you just said. You're you're right. They don't have to blow it up. No, no. They do. They can make moves, and I they think they bigger, will make yeah. moves. And there's different ways to make these moves. Uh, going back to Philadelphia and their uh, situation, in their outfield. You know, losing McCutcheon, losing O'Hara, uh, and others. Uh, adore, you know, so you know, picking up Jay Bruce. Jay Bruce is a corner outfielder first base. Yep. He's not a center fielder. Nope. They need a center fielder now that both center fielders are gone. Um, so, you know, you have a, you know, a Martin that's available. You have, you know, let's be, let's, you know, Lorenz Martin, as much as I like him, uh, he, well, let's face it. If you could put Mercado out there every day in center field the rest oh, of the yeah. year, you want to do that. Yes, Plus, you do. you have Zimmer coming back. And, mm-hmm. you know, both of them are center fielders. So you right now have three center fielders. You don't need three center fielders. Uh, you're going to play them, you know, all three positions for the most part. But, for the you know, one of them is definitely available. Mm-hmm. And the one who's most makes most sense is Martin. Um, there's there's value there. He's, he's a yep. legitimate outfielder who can play defensively. He can hit some um, – you know, he's been in different funks this year. He's also been in hot spots this year. So, yep, just wait and see. I'm not saying he's going to be a target. I'm just saying this is something the Indians should uh, investigate. I'm sure they are. I mean, if if I'm thinking about it, they've already thought about it. Oh, yeah, they've already thought about this, yeah. Exactly. And so that's just the way it works. But, yeah, there's – I think there's more moves than, than people realize available to them. I, obviously, Trevor Bauer is the most obvious one because of his, you know, his value plus his, you know, one year when his contract is going to get more expensive every year. Uh, So that's the way it goes. And, you know, he's in a funk right now and hopefully he'll come out of it and his value will go back up. But I think his value is really hasn't. No, I don't think it's dramatically changed. No, 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 because there was always a need for top of the line starting pitching. And I can think of the Indians offense is going to struggle all year until you find a cleanup hitter. Yep. Yep. For the first time in many years, they don't have a cleanup hitter. I mean, you go back to Napoli, he was the cleanup hitter. You had Incarcion, yep. cleanup hitter. I mean, you've had cleanup hitters over the years, uh, but this year they don't. Uh, you know, you put Santana, Santana's bounce, you know, up and down. I mean, for goodness sakes, in the last three games, I think we had Kipnis bat cleanup and oh, yeah. bat. Look Can I? Yeah. You yeah. know, I mean, he's. They're not your traditional cleanup hitters. No. Uh, you need a you need an RBI a proven RBI producer in that spot, and it lengthens your lineup and and so forth. So, 
until the Indians find at least a bat who can drive in runs or a cleanup hitter, uh, they're going to struggle. And yep. I mean, it's just the way it's offensive, they're going to do that. It's just the nature of the game. It is – you need a leadoff hitter. You need a cleanup hitter. You need, you know, protection in your lineup. Yep. Exactly. Those are the three three things all teams need. And you love that balance, lefties and righties and that. And as we talked about many times before, you know, they took three of the right-handed sticks out of the lineup when they made trades this offseason. And, you know, they lost a fourth bat in a, in a Brantley who's a left-handed, you know, yep. you know, stick. So it is what it is. And you're a exactly. 500 team right now. The Twins have been playing phenomenal. But a, a stat to remind you, everybody about coming into this series with the Twins, uh, the Indians are, you know, after last night's game, were 9-13 in the division. And the Twins only played nine games in the division so yeah, far. Yeah, they had not played many. No. I think it was nine games, including last night. Yep. So that tells you everything you need to know. Uh, the Indians have played more divisional games, and they're below 500 in division. And we talked about that going into the season. What was the exactly. advantage is that you play in the Central, so you should be able to beat up everybody. Well, the Central no, got better, and you've fallen yep. back to the pack. So it's going to be more of a, uh, a, a struggle or more of a you know, competition within the division this year than we've seen before. The White Sox are better. Yep. Obviously, the Twins are better. You know, you're going to – you're just going to face better competition day in and day out. So you're going to need to score runs and, and score them consistently to have a chance. I mean, that's unfortunately the Indians, they like against the Red Sox, they scored some runs. Yep. And then they came against the White Sox and they get shut out in one game, you know, and, and I think they scored two runs in another game. Well, there's a reason why you lost two out of three, you know, yep. you have to score some runs. You have to support your pitching staff somehow. And, uh, that's why coming in tonight, they are a 500 team. Uh, not terrible, not bad. Facing a team that just got off to a phenomenal start, you know, 40 and 19. I mean, a phenomenal first 60 games for the Twins. Uh, I don't expect them to keep that. But, the, you know, the Twins took advantage of a off season where they had money to spend. Yep. Uh, you know, they had uh, Murrow come off, Mur- come off the, the books, you yep. know, when he retired. And, that was I didn't realize that. I was listening to the game last night and Tom 20, Hamilton yep. was talking about it. $23 million a year. $23 million. Yeah. I mean, that's like a Carcion coming off your belt. Yeah, the, you know yeah I mean? that's a ton. And you have – and they've spent it wisely. wisely. Yeah, they got Very three wisely. players within that same structure for the season. So, I mean, it, they improved their lineup. There's a reason why they've hit all the home runs they have. Yep. There's a reason Buxton could be the best nine-hitter nine in baseball. Yep. I mean, he has 10 home runs and 30-some RBIs out of the nine-hole. He has protection. I think the Indians have one player with 30 RBIs, and that's Santana. Yes. It, you know, and, and he's your third, fourth, and fifth hitter all season long. Yeah. Uh, I mean, it tells you everything where you need to know. Uh, you know, when you're talking about you – know, that's why I kept saying it for the last month and – Six weeks, the Indians need a stick. They need a, 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 a primarily a right-handed bat who can drive in runs. Uh, not easy to field, but there are players out there, and they should target them. Um, will they go for younger players when they trade someone? I, I imagine they will. That's what they've. That's the the mo of the team. Mo this year, yeah. That's what they've done for years. They haven't traded for many veterans or players or young players. That's why we talked last time about you know. Maybe you can steal a Trey Mancini, a young player, away from the from the Baltimore. But uh, I think we're dreaming there. But, you know, anything's possible. Uh, and uh, I don't know who Philadelphia has in their farm system and all that. I'm just saying if there's a team out there that needs a outfielder, and especially a center fielder, it's Philadelphia right now. Yep, and exactly. I'm sure they've – all teams in baseball have talked to Philadelphia since – the, the, what has transpired in the last 10 days. Weeks, yep. So, yeah, it's, it, you know, it's, um, I heard somebody, uh, I heard last night either on the radio or TV, they were, you know, throwing back and forth the idea of Net Castellanos and getting him to third base. And I'm like, I, I don't know about that because he's not a great defensive third baseman. And Frank Kona likes 
good defenders. He said that he'll sacrifice some of the bat for a plus fielder. And um, I don't think Detroit's going to trade in the division with a team that's run the division for three years and beat their teeth in. So um, we, you know, I, it's, it's, we do have pieces that we can be, we can move. Like I said, the, the whole notion that we get a blower thing up and all that. No, I don't, no, I disagree with that. And, you know, we got to tinker. Obviously everybody's got to tinker their roster and everything. And um, now seeing Bieber take the next step, the, uh, in his first full year, he struck. And I say struck, he hasn't had his best stuff against the Red Sox or against the Rays, but he's battled and he's gritted through his way through six, seven innings. And last night, when you look up, he's getting you in the sixth, seventh inning, and it makes it a whole lot easier to manage the game from that point on. Um, you know, so you can afford to move Trevor Bauer and, you know, uh, walk in the big league, Zach Plesak, your first start's Fenway Park, then the White Sox offense is swinging the bat well. And then, oh, by the way, this weekend, hey, go face the Yankees, who are just crushing the ball, and they, and they have, like, $400 million on the DL. Yeah. I mean, it's, you know, it's absolutely incredible what they've done. So we'll see him this weekend, and that'll be fun to watch him against another tough lineup. But as crazy as it sounds, as long as you're treading water and you're within striking distance of the wild card, I don't think you play for the wild card. But if you can have a a goal as the season yeah. continues, you got to take it. Yeah, you have yeah. something to play for. You know, uh, the young kids get their feet wet a little bit with a playoff chase. And, hey, who knows? They might step up and surprise us, and we don't know. Well, that's exactly it. It's just, you know, one step at a time. It's one third of the season's gone, and we'll go from here, you know? And, uh, I mean, the writings – I'm I'm pretty sure most people feel the same way. And and the writings on the wall this year's team is going to be close to 500. If they can put things together in the next 60 games, we'll see. Yeah. They're 30 and 30 coming into tonight's play. And given everything that this team has gone through this year, when you didn't have Lindor, you didn't have Kipnis, you know, yeah. you're out Carrasco, you're out Clubbing, you're out, you're out Ramirez, you're out everybody. You're out, you're out Ramirez, you know, to be 30 and 30 right now where you are, heck, you should be 20 and 40 with all with everything that's gone against you. And that's a credit to Francona and, um, you know, just a mental fortitude of this team. So it, we all know what we need about. We need a bat to extend a lineup. And they probably need two, but I mean, let's be realistic. Uh, right now, I'll take one because you don't have yeah, any. I'll take one. And I think, uh, and I think sooner or later, maybe after the All Star break, um, we'll get our first extended look at Bobby Bradley and see what he can do. He's been a a guy in the far side for a while, but again, yeah. he's a left-handed bat, and we need a right-handed power bat. But hey, it, it's again, there's a lot of opportunities for different players to showcase themselves, and mm-hmm. uh, I think the Indians will take advantage of that situation. However, as you look as the needs for this year, a right-handed bat is what they need the most. They need a cleanup hitter, and yep. you can see the difference in the lineup without Incursion. Uh, he's not a you know, a game's changer, changer, but he's what he is is rock solid guy who's going to get every 225 year. to 250 on a good year and drive in 100 plus RBIs and have 30 plus home runs. That's who yep. he is. And uh, he's a tail end of his career. We all know that, but you know, that's where the Indians are missing. Uh, they went out and paid the money to get him a few years back, and now. They're in a situation where they're going to have to find themselves a new cleanup hitter, whoever that person may be. Uh, if he's within the organization or outside the organization, that's what's missing in this lineup is they don't have a cleanup hitter. And uh, preferably a right-handed cleanup hitter because it would balance the lineup. Uh, and that's, you know, that's what it comes down to. I mean, I'm, I'm not – this is not rocket science. All right. No, it's, I got a quick thing to, to ask. Yes. Being who you are and what yeah. you love, uh, I don't want you to miss out on this opportunity, by the way. Okay. Do you love the Broncos? Yeah. Well, John Alway is offering you, my friend, a chance to be a team's VIP 
at the Pro Football Hall of Fame ceremony. You'll even fly it with the team plane. So you could go to Denver and fly back. Um, donations benefit the Broncos charities. You enter now through OMAS, and you will have an opportunity to uh, go to the Hall of Fame and cheer on uh, the owner, Baldwin, getting into the Hall of Fame with John Elway and be part of the Broncos. Well, OMAS, you want to go to that O-M-A-Z-E and donate? And the more you donate, the more opportunity you have a chance to win this lottery. Well, that, that is good to know. Um, John Elway will be glad to know that I do have my tickets for the Hall of Fame game against the Falcons and the ceremony. So we will be taking Broncos country up there for a couple days. Um, but it would be kind of cool to fly out to Denver and uh, fly back and I get to experience it as a VIP. <laughs> I seen that uh, today uh, on uh, on Twitter. I said, oh, "I got to save that." My, uh, I got home from work today, and my new Nike Denver Broncos shoes came in the mail. They were uh, they shipped from or blue. They're blue with an orange sole, and they got the Bronco logo on it, and they are ready to go for August first when we travel up to Tom Benson Hall of Fame Stadium to see the Atlanta Falcons and my Denver Broncos. So we are with uh, baseball season, uh, not going to be in the thick of a playoff race. Then probably we'll, we'll have the hall of fame game to get excited about and find out who our next scout team quarterback is going to (laughs) be. Well, you know, you get all the quarterbacks in camp now, so we'll see what happens. That's right. That's right. You got you got your future quarterback and your current quarterback. So how about that? Hey, you got Locke in the draft, and then you have, uh, of course, uh, Flacco. Yeah, and I think uh, by week eight or nine, Baltimore's going to be wishing they didn't get rid of Flacco. That's just my little uh, tease right now on NFL predictions. No, Flacco is Flacco has. I mean, I think he landed in the right spot for himself. I don't think he's going to find a better landing spot under his circumstances. Yeah. Yeah. You know, and that's typical John Elway. He loves veteran quarterbacks. So yep. we'll see yeah, exactly yeah. how it works. You know, uh, though I, I do agree with you. I think he's going to be, he has a chance to have a turnaround season and a, and a big one. And uh, we'll see uh, how, how far they go. But yeah, I seen that today on Omaz and I said, Oh, you got to let him know. Yep. Go make yep. a final I- donation, my friend. And, uh, I got my uh, shoes in the mail today, so I am uh, starting to get geared up for football season. It's going to be, it is going to be here a long, very shortly, because uh, Memorial Day is already gone, and uh, it's going to be here soon. When we making the trip? Oh, I can't wait to tell you this, man! It is so exciting going on here in football world because this past week, in the past couple few weeks, it has been. Professional football players in shorts. Yes. Yes. We have made it, it, Tim. (laughs) We have made it. I tell you what, I love the NFL. Don't get me wrong. I, I, but yeah, go ahead. 70 credential media for the Patriots first practice in shorts and a floppy hat. 70. I know. I know. (laughs) Every year, every year, the biggest buildup in the world goes to OTAs. And it is professional football players in shorts. Shorts, yeah, yeah. Shorts it's, and t-shirts. Yep. All right. Yep. You know, I look. I'm not saying they actually don't get something done. They obviously do. They do. And there is there's there's a rhythm and a need for it, and I have no problem with it. However, uh, it, when it becomes July, that's when I care. Did you it hear? Was actually, training camp, and then yeah, into the football season. What did you hear? Speaking of my Denver Broncos, we are not wearing T-shirts this year. Vic Fangio came in and threw away all the old practice jerseys. He got rid of them and threw them out because okay. he's of the belief that your practice jerseys should be similar to your game jerseys, tight and snug, because you get proper technique down. He said you eliminate holding calls, you eliminate all this stuff. So he ordered – game-like practice jerseys so the team can get used to wearing them and 
you know, proper okay. techniques and hey, change it, it, it up. Be, it may be the, the thing of the future. I don't know. Hey, I mean, it, it makes sense. I, you gotta, you know, you don't, I don't know, you don't wear rollerblades when you're practicing ice hockey. So, hey, why not, right? Right. I don't have you a problem. Try something. Hey, it's a, it's a small little professional league. athletes in shorts. That's what I like to call it. And but for you know, some people, it is. Well, you know, and, and to talk about the Cleveland Browns, and of course, we have the biggest uh, noise this off season with everything mm-hmm. that they have done uh, between getting a brand new head coach, the former offensive coordinator, bringing in a new offensive coordinator, installing the quote unquote new offense, which is similar offense, and having, mm-hmm. you know, Odell Beckham uh part of the team now and him deciding not to show up to voluntary oh yeah yes well we've had what three or four players who have suffered season-ending injuries already well it's not even that voluntary it's just because there's you know look i have nothing against covering a team and i have nothing against anybody who is a journalist this is their job and the NFL does a great job of promoting itself. Yes. You know, during the offseason. That's why they have to do the best. No, there, there's no question. Every month they got something going on. If it was not in the combine, to the draft, to the OTAs, and then the start of training camp, uh, just to name a few things, you know, they do a great job and they're always in the news. And they do, you know, there's nothing wrong with that. Matter of fact, it's, it's great promotion. I just don't get excited about OTAs. I, I, how many people came to me and talked about this stuff? I was like, really? You can't? I mean, don't get me wrong. I'm happy they're doing it. Good for them. That's all part of the game. Uh, but it doesn't really matter a lot. Uh, the Browns did make a move today. They released uh, Desmond Harrison, mm-hmm. uh, who started the first half of the season at tackle this year for the Indians before Robinson came in when they picked him off the waiver wire, uh, the former number two overall pick a few years back. So. Not a big surprise. My understanding, Harrison had trouble making it to uh, camp on time uh, throughout yep. the offseason. So uh, I guess he missed his flight this morning and uh, missed the opening of OTAs. And by the end of the day, he was gone. Given a, a, a ticket to go home with yeah. no team to play for. So, hey, it, you know, that's just the way it works. When you're trying you know, to change the culture and, you know, you got to have everybody buy in. And this is just the way it works in sports. When you're, you know, Odell Beckham Jr., you can skip all the voluntary yep. ones you can't. Uh, when you're the 53rd player on the team, you cannot. No, you cannot. And, and you that's what happens. And I'm not saying he was the 53rd, but my point is he did lose his starting job at once Robinson came, you know, to the team last year and he needed to prove himself. And he, he, thought, and he just, you know, you make decisions and you have to live with the consequences. Yeah, yeah. And, yep. you know, that's just the way it works. Uh, it's like player going up and down with the Indians, you know. You know, uh, is Greg Allen a bad player? No, he's just no. the 25th player on the team. So when they have to make moves, he goes back down. Yep. You know, yeah. simple as that. You know, it's not against Greg Allen because he's had some, uh, some great games last year and this year. Uh, for the Indians, uh, it's just when you're the number. It's a numbers game. Yeah, when you're it, number twenty-five, numbers game. It's you're going to be going up and down between Columbus and Cleveland. It's just yep. the way it works. It's just like you know, uh, Goody's back, which is great to see, by the way, for the Indians. Uh, not to get back on them, I'm glad to see him return to the bullpen. I do think uh, long term, he has a uh, he needs to be at the major league level. I agree. With that. Something good will happen, but I just wanted to get a little jab in there. Hey, I do want to yes. talk about the Indians a little bit more. Okay. We did have the amateur draft this week, uh, yes. Monday, Tuesday, and Wednesday. And, uh, you know, from everything I heard uh, going into the draft, and I didn't follow it, um, I'm not going to say. I watched it for the first time this year. Well, I listened to it on the radio. I was driving around town the other night. And the same thing was talked there as I heard from uh, Keith Law and some others who mm-hmm. are scouts in baseball and for ESPN and that. It was a good class, not a great class. Uh, not a, not a, a, a. It was a good class to build depth, yeah. Yeah, it was not a superb, you know, 
class where you're going to say, these guys are going to be great athletes. At least coming you guys in. guys cornerstone and players. develop and prove everybody wrong, but coming in. Uh, so the Indians uh, took uh, Daniel Espino. Mm-hmm. Espino, exactly. Uh, number one, uh, I think it was what? 24? 24. Okay. Yeah, yeah, we were in the 20s. I know that. We were in the yeah. 20s. Okay, yeah. I think it was around 23, 24. Now you mentioned it. And uh, supposedly the best fastball in the class. So we'll see. Game, yeah. uh, can hit 95 consistently. Has topped the gun over 100. We'll see how he does. And then they took uh, Jordis Valdez, a uh, shortstop, in the second round. So uh, we'll see. And I think they took another pitcher in the third round. So uh, not typical Cleveland Indians. They they love pitching depth. And, and Yep. The old saying is so true. You can never uh, have enough starting pitching. You can never have enough pitching. You know what? Period. And, nowadays. And the Indians, if you if you look at it, one of the th- one of the critiques this year was they don't have many guys in the bullpen that can rear back and give you 95, 96, 97 consistently. The Rays have four or five guys in the bullpen that can give you, you know, that. And you know, but you know, we don't have a lot of power arms and the nice thing is you and I maybe could see a lot of these guys or a couple of these guys in a couple months up in Mahoning Valley. It's possible. I think most of them are going to be playing in Arizona in the rookie Mm -hmm. league. Uh, So eventually they'll find their way up to Mahoning Valley. There will be more than their share of draft picks there though. You're right. Uh, Those who sign early enough and, they want to experience at that level. They will do that. I think a lot of them, uh, the pitchers in that, they they probably will, you know, like the number one overall. They'll probably go to They'll Arizona and play in yeah, yeah, league all year. Oh, yeah. And then next year play in full season A. Yep. Uh, that's usually the case. Not always, but usually the case. Hey, breaking news. We don't have a sounder, but breaking news. Dun-dun-dun. Craig, Craig Kimball has agreed to a deal. With the Chicago Cubs. Wow. That's a big – that's a nice signing for the Cubs. After a horrific start to their season out of the bullpen where Cubs fans were ready to jump off the Dan Ryan or whatever the hell they call their highways out there, ready to <laughs> jump off the rooftops. They wanted Joe Madden fired, and they rebounded. That's a nice signing for uh, the Cubs and a – a move in the arms race to solidify their hopes of a NL Central title. Now the next one is Dallas Keuchel. Yeah, and uh, who knows where he'll sign. Uh, our early reports is they still want a multi-year deal. Still worth – still saying – I heard that. Uh, still looking for that $18 million 18 minimum. Million, yeah. yeah I, I don't know if he's going to find that. No, Even there's, there's a no. pro rated this year. I just I, I just don't know. Uh just from everything you heard during the offseason going into the offs, uh, the the free agent period and what happened during the season, uh, his value uh, in baseball is just not the same. And the Indians just about uh, – they're getting close to tying this thing up. Yeah, 5-3 now, right? Yeah, unfortunately. It's – Minnesota just hit another home run to go up. <laughs> of course they did. Jorge Polanco just hit a solo home run now, six to three. Yeah, they cut it down to five to three. And I looked over, I seen a home run, and I'm like, oh, hey, what's going on? And it was Minnesota. Of course it's Minnesota, right? <laughs> but uh, anyways, uh, yeah, so we'll see. I mean, like you said, a lot of those young players will be at Mahoning Valley. And, uh, you know, obviously going up the Niles is easy. We've done it, you and I, in the past together. So we'll probably do it yeah. again this summer. Yeah, and we and took our already year in about what? Less than 10 days or so? Yeah. Uh, Father's Day, I believe, is yeah, uh, the opening day. Yeah I, yeah, I think Father's Day is the opener. Right. So, uh, you know, we're about 10 days, maybe 10-plus days away from uh, baseball in the Mahoning Valley again. So, uh, it's hard to believe. It's been like 21 years that the uh, Scrappers have been around. Yeah, this is year number 21. Yeah. Absolutely. It, flow like by. you said, it's incredible. Yeah. I, I couldn't tell you. Uh, when, I heard, when I first heard that number, I'm like, yeah, that's right. Because I was actually doing a, a sports talk show in, mm-hmm. in Warren when they announced the team was coming to Niles before they even broke ground on the stadium. That's how long ago that was. So. I'd say what, <laughs> and what a great partnership it has been, too. It oh, just, yes. 
this area loves baseball. We we're always known for our football first, but this is a huge baseball area. And I've always for said twenty years now, uh, the fans in the Hunting Valley have turned out. Yeah, and I've always said this. Someone someone says describe our area of sports, and I always said it was it's football, baseball, boxing. Yep, completely and, agree. Uh, Nothing against basketball. It, it, we've had our share of, a lot of quality, good great athletes who played at the Division One level and others. And, mm-hmm. uh, you know, we did have uh, our glimpse in uh, professional minor league uh, basketball over the years with the pride and yep. others. And uh, so, you know, we, we, we've seen a lot of different things in, in the sports in, in our area. But uh, I think it's pretty much guarantee if you want to put the three biggest sports that uh, people from Youngstown have uh, reached the highest levels. It is football, uh, baseball, and yeah, boxing. And, yep. and, uh, and it just and it continues to be. It's just kind of the uh, the Midwestern uh, town that we are. You know, the, what you know, uh, blue collar type town that uh, Youngstown and Mahoning Valley is. And not a big surprise that those type of sports are the, what uh, gravitates to the athletes around here. Yeah, it's. Um, it really is hard to, when you actually sit down and think about it, 21 years now. Yeah. I remember, you know, when I went to their first game and in 99 and it's just, it's flown by. And and what I find really cool is they have this big mural almost of all the names that have played for the Scrappers have come on to be big leaguers. And I think you and I stopped and looked at it last year and were like, oh, yeah, I forgot about this guy. And it's really neat to see a lot of these stars now played for Mahoning Valley. And, that, and that's kind of cool to think about. It is. It's, it's nice. You know, I think it's overblown a lot because that's the progression of baseball. Yeah. You start, you know. As you got to start player, somewhere, yeah. You start a single – you actually start a rookie league, most players. Yeah. And then they either go to the short season that, you know, obviously has been Mahoning Valley's uh, bread and butter in the New York Penn League, or they go to the full season, like, you know, up in Lake County. Yep. And then they go, you know, down to Kenston and other places that they have had other their other single A team. But the bottom line is – yeah, chances are if they came through the system of the Cleveland Indians, yep, there's probably a 33% chance that they played at one time for the Scrappers. Yep. It's not that big of a deal. It's great to see players achieve. I have nothing against that. But to bring up every time C.C. Sabathia plays, former, yeah. former Scrapper C.C. Sabathia. Oh, please. Yeah. Oh, my God. Oh, please. I, I've heard it so many times, you know, uh, and you know, again, there's nothing wrong with making the connection, but they hear it all the time, uh, you know, and then we were talking about CC Sabathia, or at least I was, you know, he's entering his final year as a major league. Yeah, this is it. Yeah. You know, don't get me wrong. He only spent like three weeks, you know, in, in – Yeah, Niles. he didn't pick long. Yeah, he no, didn't pick long. It was more of a rehab assignment because he got injured. He'd actually skipped the single – this level it was that long season got injured going into training camp and because of that they they held him back and put him in arizona and then you know get him back into pitching i think he made like three starts for the for the scrappers yeah i think it was two or three he didn't it wasn't very long no but my point is i just Maybe I'm I'm being too picky here, but I, it just drives me a little nuts here. Okay, well, in about an hour and a half, two hours, former scrapper Jensen Lewis will be doing Indians Live. <laughs> yeah, well, they never mention that, do they? See? <laughs> former scrapper Jensen Lewis. There you go. <laughs> See, I didn't even know that. <laughs> oh, well, hey, it is fun. Hey, I do want to pass this on yes. before we end the night. Uh, I was going to bring this up at the beginning, but I didn't have a chance. I picked up a new book this past week uh, from an okay. author who I I read a lot. Uh, he, he's more of a poker author. His name is Ed Miller. Uh, wrote a new book called The Logic of Sports Betting because of how much the laws have changed. Yes. Sports betting has now get in, and he talks about the fundamentals of it. Not necessarily this is how you win. Yeah, but you're you know those who want to learn more about it 
anyways, uh, I contacted him uh, in an email and a tweet last week, and he has agreed to come on the podcast. So I'm going to uh, get him mm-hmm. back on. So we're going to have Ed Miller coming on the podcast here probably within the next week or so. If it's just a solo podcast for like 20 minutes with him, uh, we'll do that. If not, uh, we'll attach it to the end of our next podcast. But uh, Ed Miller, uh, you want to check him out on the internet. It's notedpokerauthority.com or, or just put Ed Miller author in Google and or Ed Miller poker. You'll probably find him. Uh, really, really is terrific guy. Uh, he's written many books. I got a lot of them. I don't have all of his books, but I got many of his. And uh, he's really good about explaining things and putting in simple terms. And uh, the math is not outrageous so uh you can handle it if there's a math problem out there so, <laughs> if i can do it you can do it uh but yeah so we're gonna have ed miller coming on here uh hopefully uh very soon i haven't had a chance to email him back a matter of fact he said he was available this week so i'm going to email him maybe tonight or tomorrow if i get a chance and just say you know let him know that whatever his schedule is we'll make time and have him come on and and talk about that because uh obviously with the new rules in uh, sports betting yep. and go right over to Pennsylvania and uh, use their sports books now. And uh, they have the sports book, I believe. I don't think Ohio has. Issued I, don't, sports I don't think they have. Yeah, no, no, but it's going to happen. Uh, everybody else is doing it and they're going to try to cash in too. So it's just a matter of when, not if, in my opinion. So uh, we will have Ed, Ed Miller on the podcast very shortly and uh, talking about his new book, uh, logic of sports betting and uh, it's a short read it's only like 250 pages or so so it is uh definitely worth your time and energy and i think you can get on kindle for like 10 bucks so that's not bad at all uh, it really is he's it's a good he's a good guy he's a great author and uh if you're into learning poker or maybe learning more about sports betting uh you'll find out more hey another breaking news to pass along here for you okay it is uh, Clay Thompson's hamstring uh, will not play tonight. Oh wow! Uh, for uh, versus the Raptors, uh, he played in all 111, oh, 101 games in the playoffs in the past five seasons. So this is the first time he's missing a game. And uh, just to let you know quickly about uh, the Kimbrel signing, he had his choices between the Dodgers, Mets, and the Cubs, and chose the Cubs. Those are the three who were actually in negotiations with them. So uh, we'll see how that works out for the Cubs the rest of the year and uh, see what goes goes on from here. So, uh, yeah, um, San Diego for Kimball yeah. um, would be a good spot. I think the Yankees might go after him too. Yeah, I agree. I, I think, you know, obviously San Diego and the Yankees, you look at two teams um, that have – legitimate playoff hopes maybe even Colorado you know but like you said I don't know right now if who's going to give him 18 million dollars you know I just don't know I if I'm a GM of a team I'm probably willing to do this with someone like him if I was a team and I'm just my my gut feeling says uh, for a multi-year deal is the best. Well, a multi-year deal meaning a two-year deal with an option. Yeah, I would be willing to sign him for the rest of this year. Next, and next year, year. And have an option for a third year. I, would I agree with that. that. Um, supposedly they're looking for a four or five-year deal still. So, holy, he yeah, may be he may be on the market a while longer than people expect. And I, I heard, oh, I think he'll probably be signed by this time next week. And I heard a couple days ago that some teams were concerned that even if you sign up now, he won't be ready till the end of July. Well, that's true. I mean, I'm so, sure he's worked out, but you, you just – you have to go through some type of a training camp, even if it's abbreviated throwing sessions, uh, you know, like in rookie in rookie league in, in Arizona type thing right now, and then move to maybe two or three starts at the minor league level and then come up. Even then, he'd be, I'd be on a pitch count around 60 or 80 pitches. I just uh, – I don't know. Uh, I think it's it's a long shot, but I can see where a team may be uh, someone like San Diego who's outperforming themselves, take a shot at them, possibly the Cubs. 
Maybe they'll try to sign them both. Yeah. It's possible. It's, yeah, it is. And uh, we'll see. Yeah, any last thoughts? No, no, just um, my big message to people, and I've had a lot of them encounter, you know, oh, my God, we're so bad this year, and oh, my God, we're, you know, our offense stinks. It's, it's let's enjoy the kids. Let's enjoy the future. And, look, for the first time in four years, we're not the class of the L Central. That's, you know, we'll take a year to reboot and maybe next year come back and uh, make it a run at it. But, hey, let's enjoy the kids and see what they can uh, do for us. And uh, before you know it, those shorts and T-shirts will be – Shorter pads and pants and helmets will be strapped on. Yeah, and sooner or later, it'll actually be a football game. Oh, yep. real quick, uh, congratulations to the Cleveland Warriors, uh, the semi-pro team up in Cleveland that Jim Craven is part of. Mm-hmm. They are headed to Los Angeles to play in the national finals. They won a tiebreaker the other day, a uh, national tiebreaker, and they have made the tournament. They're headed out there to play. Uh, this uh, two weeks, I believe. So uh, I don't think I'll make the trip, but uh, yeah, you I never know. You, you never know. We, we're, we're talking about that possibility. If we can pull it off, uh, I don't expect it, but uh, it could happen. Uh, we'll ha- maybe we'll have Jim on next week talking about his, uh, his, his, his trip out to uh, Los Angeles coming up here for the – Yeah, Cleveland congratulations. Party. Yeah, hey. If you're in your 40s and you're still playing football and because you love the game, that's impressive. My hat's off to you. Yep. Exactly. God My bless. My hat's off to you. And, uh, of course, uh, Jim Cravens, our good friend from Warren – or, excuse me, from uh, Western Reserve Radio. And uh, we'll talk more about football season and Warren West – I'm going to keep wanting to say Warren West Reserve. Warren Reserve, yeah. Yeah. Boy, that just flows, doesn't it? Even after 30 years. Yeah. Uh, Hey, it's uh, still personal up there too. So. Oh, I tell me about it. Tell me about it. I heard personal, all about dude. it when I worked in Warren yep. for all those years. It's still personal to those people. Absolutely. Needless to say, Western Reserve Radio, check them out. And uh, a lot of good stuff going on there. And that's, of course, where we'll be doing high school football. We'll talk more about that as the weeks progress because we got some announcements coming your way about the season and uh, how you can get involved also. So for Anthony and Campfield, I'm Tim here in Portman wishing you all a wonderful day. We will talk to you soon. The next episode will be number 69 of the Sports Podcast. Uh, For Anthony, I'm Tim. Goodbye, everyone.